Welcome to oh. another episode of the Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures. Tonight, episode, where are we at? 64. And without... 64. What's that? 64. <laughs> I know, right? Like, we're going a long ways into this now, but uh, we thought we'd change things up a little bit, maybe have a, a little bit more of a lighthearted episode in light of everything that's been going on with lockdown and things easing up a little. Spirits are picking up, so we thought we'd chat a little bit about our weekend adventures, or more specifically, Ben's weekend adventure. Uh, he had some wildlife adventures and some boating adventures, and uh, I'm hoping, or we're hoping, that everybody else got out and had a pretty good time. So if you're going to join us, hop in. I got the chat open, and let's just let's just have some fun. So why don't you tell us a little yeah. bit about your weekend, Ben? I mean, you had a more exciting weekend than I did, honestly. Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> but no, we did have some pretty exciting things. So we got down to the cab, and that was... That was our big plan for the weekend. Uh, originally, I was supposed to take my my oldest and go to Kedji, but that didn't happen. So this was the next best thing. I love getting to my cabin. Got the uh, the canoe and the kayaks and the water and stuff. Got everything cleaned up and ready to go. Um, and uh, the first morning, uh, my daughter said, "Let's go in the boat." So we jumped in the canoe and paddled around around the lake. And the wind was up a bit. I don't know if you ever tried paddling a canoe with a small child in the front and you in the back. No, it's nope. Real fun when the wind blows <laughs> in. It's, it's like a, a weather vane, eh? It's all, <laughs> the front end's gonna go <laughs> always with the wind. So, anyways, through the struggles and stuff, we got to the 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 sheltered shore and and it got much better. And we've seen a whole bunch of uh, of turtles. She always loves seeing turtles and stuff. Um, so that was a good little trek. And uh, the next day, me and my wife were going for a walk. Now, we're going to try and reach out and see if we can get some more information on this maybe in a future episode. But uh, as we were walking away from the cabin, I had a dog with me and the wife, and we were just walking. Uh, the Bubble family had the other kids, so we were fun. <laughs> Anyways, the dog ran ran over to the woods and started sniffing at something. So the wife went and grabbed her and pulled her away. And there was this little fluff ball with two little eyes just looking at it. Like, just looked like a ball of fluff. Uh, and it didn't take us long to realize that this is a baby owl just sitting on the ground. Um, cutest little thing, little barred owl. Um, and all the way around it, we're like, three or four little dead animals. So the mother obviously knew that this thing had fallen down. It was perfectly healthy um, and had been trying to feed it and take care of it, but it, it, it couldn't get back up. It wasn't very old. And I think I sent you some pictures. Uh, yeah, I might be able to pull those up. Just give yeah. me a moment. You keep chatting. I'll see if I can find them. So anyways, yeah. Um, yeah, this cute little guy. So anyways, we, uh, we said, well, you know, it's the mother seems to know where it's to, and it should be fine. So we walked away from it and did our walk, and we came back about a hour later, I guess, and she it was still there, just sitting there, not moving or doing anything exciting. So went into the cab, and I did some research. Uh, and after about five minutes, I said, "Well, that's enough of that. I'm going to call Hope for Wildlife and see what they got to say." And uh, they weren't on the phone with me very long, and they said, "Well, we should." Uh, probably get it back in its nest so i'll send someone out right away and uh and we'll see what we can do with that like 
So anyways, I had a call a couple minutes later and said, do you have a ladder or anything? I managed to locate a ladder that would get up into the only tree that made sense that would hold this this owl, which is a big broken off pine with a, an opened end. Um, Transition over. There should be a picture of the owl there. There's the little guy. And then off to the, just to the right there, you can see like a baby. Um, right here. Yeah, that's a, uh, a baby rabbit, I think. I'm missing its head. <laughs> and in a bit closer to it, that's a mouse. And just behind it, there's some kind of black, uh, just to the left, I think. Might be hard to see. Yeah, somewhere. Uh, there is a. Uh, yeah, it's right. It's it's directly behind it now. The black thing. Whatever yeah, that. Kind of see a corner of it there, but. I never looked at it closely enough to figure out exactly what the animal was, but. Um, anyway, so so the thing was fine, and the the other picture I put a a table up next to it, and it actually crawled over to the table just to get out of the wind. Uh, yeah, because it was it, fairly windy over the uh, weekend down here, at it, least. It was a really windy day, and the wife went up to check on it at one point um, while we were waiting. It didn't take hope long to get there. I think all told from when we seen it, with an hour walk before we called anyone, within three hours, it was back in the tree. And I hope it's fine. It seems seemed to be fine when she put it up, dude. It was a very interesting thing. They uh, they came. They put it in a box. We, we climbed up the tree or you know, and she got up and she looked around and sure enough, there was a, a squirrel up there dead for food. And, uh, and she was pretty sure that was the uh, home. So when she got down to the bottom of the ladder after going up to, to check it out, she said, the mother is watching. And I said, oh, really? She said, oh, yeah. She's right there. And she pointed. And none of us had noticed it before. I don't know how long it was there all day or not. But like three trees over right above where we park our cars here is the mother just sitting next against the trunk of the of a of a spruce tree not moving not doing a thing just watching us the whole time uh, so I, i'm not an expert on owls or nothing would that thing would the little one be old enough where the parents would start trying to push it out to learn to fly or do they figure it yeah. fell out in its own or no that so my understanding of any bird, and, and I do know a little bit about birds, and there's people with a lot more knowledge of birds than me, but when they still have all those super soft feathers that fluff, they're not hard enough feathers to properly fly. So that animal is definitely too young, too young to be attempting to fly or anything. So it, it, it wasn't very heavy. And even at that little size, though, like the claws on it were still kind of impressive. Uh, you could see them just poking out from its body and stuff. So it was a pretty neat little thing. I, I got to say, it was kind of impressive. Well, I mean, yeah, you can um, kind of... I, I, yeah, okay. Now that I take another look at it, obviously that thing can't fly. But you can kind of see the the talons coming out there. Obviously no uh, wings yet. But like you said, it's covered in that baby fluff. So it must have yeah, just kind of a... wandered out on its own or the wind blew it out or something like that, eh? So on the wings, they'll get what's called flight feathers. And, and actually, if you want to prevent an, a bird from flying, you actually cut their flight feathers. And it, it takes them a, a few weeks or months to grow back flight feathers. Uh, you only have to cut so many of them, and they, they won't be able to fly. So um, I knew people with, like, parakeets and stuff. They would clip the flight feathers, and people who raise different types of birds, you clip the flight feathers, and they just won't fly. They, they walk around and stuff. But if you don't pay attention to it, eventually they'll grow back out and 
next thing you know, they'll be up there practicing flapping, and next thing you know, they're gone, right? Mm. Uh, I think the in-laws, they had budgies. And if yeah. I'm not mistaken, they used to say they were clipping the tip so it couldn't fly away or something like that. I'm not a bird expert at all, so there's somebody out there going, you idiot. I know that, but I mean, I'm not a bird person. I know nothing about birds. But, um, yeah, no. no, that was kind yeah, of neat. Um, next day we went out again, this time the wife went with us and, uh, we went around the same route that we did, uh, in the boat and, uh, she was in her kayak and I think there's some pictures there too that I may have sent you, but, I got, um, I got a, that time a video. we actually came across, there was at there least six, I think there was more than six, there's probably seven or eight for sure, uh, turtles on a single log and we found this little baby one and it was probably like two and a quarter inches across the back. Yeah, it's a little hard to see in that picture. Oh, wrong picture. Oh, a little hard to see in that picture, but it is right there. Yeah. I think I sent you a video too, but... Yeah. I uh, Can you hear this video? I don't know if you want to hear it. <laughs> but yeah. So this is me trying to paddle while holding a phone, so horrible steadiness and stuff. But... Uh, most, oh, most of the turtles had jumped off, and all it was left was this little tiny baby. I'm trying to video. Um, and there it goes there. No, that's the mother. Oh, where's the baby then? Yeah. Still there. Oh, just... oh, just right there at the end. Let's me skip yeah. ahead here. Right there. Yeah. In fact, and, and, and maybe I shouldn't do this, but... <laughs> It actually jumped. I got quite a bit close to it, and it jumped off, and I was able to put my hand under it. I just picked it up. I had it in my hands for a few seconds to let the girls see it. Yeah, I don't think turtles are... Um, they don't get deterred by human scent. I know with natural resources, yeah. uh, we used to do wood turtle surveys, and yeah. you, you'd have to notch them, right, to count experiences, because wood turtles are endangered, and they did studies on them, and they need to count them and stuff like that, and... I don't remember there ever being any ill effects of it. Now, once again, not a turtle expert in any way, shape, or form. Wendy is from, uh, what is it, the Natural Resources Education Center. So if you have any questions about turtles, reptiles, and stuff, great place to call there, great source of information. But yeah, we used to notch them and count them and log them and GPS them and all that good stuff. And I don't remember her ever saying there'd be ill effects from it. Yeah. I mean, these, these are cute little guys, and there's tons of them around our cab. We have uh, those. I'm not sure if they're painted or wood turtles. They're, they're, I'm not super familiar with the, the species. I, they look like they're, painted turtles. They got the red yeah. bellies on them, the red stripes around the head and stuff. But I, yeah. once again, That's not what a I always thought they were. Um, and when they're swimming, you can see like an orange along the back of their precipice. There's the back of the shell and, and the back of their legs. Mm. So it's, it's pretty prominent. Um, and there's also a bunch of, uh, and I didn't see them this weekend, but there's a couple of really big snapping turtles in that lake. Yeah, when you and I were up there, I remember you saying something about snapping turtles, and as everybody knows, snapping turtles are not the turtles you want to play with or let the kids, you know, poke and prod, because they will literally give you a good snap, and if they get big enough, they can take a finger off. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've, I've heard stories, never seen it myself, but people lose the ends of their nose because they'll bring them up to their face being foolish. And they'll snip the ends of their nose off. Like, not big chunks of their nose, but take the whole tip of your nose off. Enough to be painful and learn you a lesson, right? I do not think I would put my face in front of a snapping turtle. 
Well, Not really. <laughs> some people don't know better. I mean, you know I mean, what I mean? There's a lot of handsomeness to put at risk. <laughs> oh, I see the way we're going to play this game now, are we? But, uh, no, but it was good. You got up there, you, you got to the cabin, you spent the whole weekend at the cabin? We did, uh, yeah. Um, so what's the what was the uh, water temperature like? I assume it's still pretty frigid. I wouldn't go swimming. No, but, but I honestly, mean... I had my hands in the water a few times, and uh, it isn't bad. It's surprisingly warm already um, for the time of year and stuff. Not quite warm enough that, like I said, I'd go for a swim or anything. But I, I think they're calling for, like, 25 degrees Friday or something in this area. Yeah, it's supposed to, Well, I mean, it has been a great week so far. It's supposed to extend right through until next Tuesday, I think, or Wednesday. There's one little chance for down here in New Glasgow, anyway. There's, like, one little chance on a Friday for a little bit of yeah. rain. But, I mean, it's been an amazing week. Lots of people out walking around. Uh, seeing lots of people trying to head out and do some camping. The four-wheelers are back on the trails a little bit. Uh, I don't know the legality of that, but whatever. I'm assuming you're allowed out now for fishing and going camping and whatnot. Uh, we are now allowed having campfires in our own backyards and some sort of pit, but that's been opened back up, so you've seen a lot of those go in the last couple days. And we definitely had, well, as we were driving down Friday, it was the first day you were allowed to have fires in a, in a, in a backyard fire pit or, or container or whatever they called it. Uh, and I asked the wife, I said, like, so, you know, did you check and just make sure our area is open, for not for not closed for any other reason or whatever? And uh, she's like, yep. And as of two minutes ago, we can have a fire. So it was like 702. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's, for anybody that doesn't know, I'm trying to pull it up here. If I got this right, I can't remember if it's burn safe or safe burn. Yeah, it's burn safe. So if anybody doesn't know, Natural Resources has a website, and I mean, you should know this if you do anything outdoorsy-wise. But if you don't know, Natural Resources has this wonderful little site, um, <clears throat> if I get the screen right, and it'll tell you the areas across Nova Scotia and the burn restrictions that are in effect. Now, right now, because of the COVID-19, uh, you're only allowed to have campfires on your own property in some sort of burning device, so a burn barrel, a fire pit, a chimney, something like that. But generally, if we weren't in COVID-19 times, uh, you could come to this website and find your area. They're all listed down the That's side here. And it'll tell you what your, your burn restrictions or lack thereof are. So you have restricted, which is orange, which means you are not allowed to burn until after, uh, what is it, burn restrictions for May 20th? Uh, 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. So if you go down below, it tells you a little bit here. Burning is permitted between the hours of 7 p.m. and 8 a.m. Uh, by 8 a.m., they mean you can't just be putting it out then. It has to be out cold. Uh, of course, if it's red, that means it's a no-burn day or absolutely nothing going on. doesn't matter if it's in a chimney or any of that thing. Uh, and then green is a burn day from 2 p.m. to 8 a.m. You're good to go, and that would include your campfires and stuff like that. Anyway, that's my rant on that. I mean, it's a good little piece of information for people to have out there if they were not familiar with it. And that's where we get all our information from. And I mean, if you want to be legal and not get in trouble, which of course none of us do, that's how we all check it out. <laughs> I highly recommend you try and do everything as legal as possible. <laughs> well, it stops complication. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to agree with it. I'll be the first to say that. But it stops a ton of complication if you do it legally. My grandfather always said, if you're going to break the law, just be willing to pay the price. 
Yeah, and unfortunately the price is getting too high nowadays. Gone are the days where you get like a $15 ticket and you're on your way. Like, they're throwing out some hefty fines. Uh, mainly, once again, due to the COVID stuff. But, I mean, they're trying to deter people. But, I mean, the fines are getting high. 700 800 uh, A friend of mine was on a four-wheeler when that no-travel thing was in there. They didn't want you in the woods on a four-wheeler. And got a fine for like $800 for unnecessary travel or something. Wow. So, I mean, it, the fines are getting crazy. So, do it legal, and you don't have to pay that. It's not only the fines, too, though. Like, I find, and this is off-topic for sure, but it's the inconvenience. So, yeah, even if you get the fine, you say, well, I'll fight it, and I could win. Well, okay, yes, but still, you're looking at a day, maybe two, going to court, making your arguments, and you may or may not win. So then if you lose, then it's two days pay or two days vacation or two days sick time or whatever you did to get it um, that I can't personally afford to be losing in addition to. So that's I'm not giving up another day camp. <laughs> no, and that's the thing. Like you said, it's highly inconvenient at the very minimum. It's just not worth it. I mean, once again, you don't have to agree with it. It's inconvenient, but just follow the laws and no problems. You know what I mean? You live to go camping another... Well, not live. That's pretty extreme. You're free to go camping another day. If you're doing anything massive enough that you have to worry about if you're going to be alive, you got to reevaluate some of your choices, I think. Oh, but no. You, you work to live. You don't live to work. And I you know, I go to work so I make enough money to get time off that I can go camping without anyone harassing me. <laughs> and I mean, there's truth to that. You know what I mean? Like, So you don't want to eat up that spare time, but... Anyway, uh, so what other adventures did you have out there at the camp? That was a big part of it. I mean, it, it was just nice to get out and get a change of, of scenery because it's I've had these four walls for quite a while now. And uh, it was really nice to get out and do something different. And all three of the girls, they, they, were, they were excited to go. They didn't want to come back, uh, even though that meant they didn't have their Netflix or this or that. I mean, I'm not saying none of it because they did download some before we left. But. <laughs> but you know what? It's funny how little of a concern that is once you actually get out somewhere like that. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't miss it when I'm gone. My, mind you, I don't miss it when I'm here. So, bad example. But most people, once they get out and start enjoying stuff, they don't miss it. Facebook. That's sure. a big one that everybody seems to be addicted to. We're on Facebook. So, I mean, it's a lot like calling the kettle black, if you know what I mean. But... Nobody misses Facebook when you're out in the woods. You're just no. at peace. Things are well. Some people might. Most people don't miss Facebook when they're out in the woods. So it's just nice to get out and enjoy. And especially now where the restrictions are being lifted a little bit, get out, enjoy some stuff. Leave the technology behind. You've been stuck with it for how long has this been going on now? Three months. March, April, May. Yeah, three months. Yeah. Going on to our fourth month. Well, I guess it's, it's really, say, it's two months, because March and April is the one month, so yeah, middle of March, middle of April, and then middle of April to middle of May, so we've been over 60 days now, hmm. some type of, of uh, confinement, depending on... But the yeah. thing is, lots of time to play on that crap, now it's time to go out and have some fun, but I mean, do it, doing it safely, of course, that doesn't mean get all your buddies together, throw in a truck and bomb down the old fishing hole and sit shoulder to shoulder while you drink beer and fish. No, that's not what it means. But it means... Alcohol. I mean, alcohol that's... Short, right? Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> that's what they're telling me. 
<laughs> but uh, and the big thing is the family bubbles are now open. A lot of people are excited about that. Uh, we have in-laws coming down this weekend. They are, they're rather excited for it. So they're going to get to see Lily for the first time in 60 days. Actually longer than that because they were on vacation when this all kicked out. They were down in Mexico since I think the second week in February. Yeah. And then they came in two weeks or something like that. Or yeah, they were yeah. maybe it was the middle of February because then they had to come back and then they had to self isolate. Then by the time they were done self isolating, there basically was everything was locked down. So however long that's been, anyway. But uh, yeah, no, it was a good weekend for you. I mean, not as exciting for myself uh, in the outdoorsy Ooh. aspect. I mean, I got a new vehicle, but I mean that's. <laughs> Well, yeah, I flipped through it by accident, but got a new vehicle, got a new Ranger. The old one was, uh, she was a good truck, but it was time to move on. I got the little one now, and Melissa couldn't drive the old truck, so now we got the new truck, and it's all decked out, so hopefully we're going to get in the woods and get some adventures with that thing, and now Lily can get in it with us, because the old one didn't have a back seat, and we can all go on some adventures, is the idea. Uh, so we are, we're talking about maybe next week, the start of next week um because i have a monday off we may go try to get to the waterfalls where you and i went camping the first time oh yeah and we may try and take lily so this could be a very interesting time uh i don't know if it's easier to go up the path like i normally do or if i should go park where you and i did and walk through the woods with a four-year-old <laughs> so that's going to be my interesting adventure next week the only thing I really did bushcrafty related this weekend past was I was working on that video, as I told you. I didn't work on it a lot because I was shuffling around with a vehicle, but I did work on a video a little bit, and I am tipping the cards a little bit because there is an on-listed extended version online right now that can be watched. And I will put the link to that in the description of this video once it's up and all that stuff, and then I'm going to cut it down because the on-cut version is like 56 minutes long. And what the video was, was I did boil testing. Remember the episode you and I did about cooking uh, without having open yeah. fire? And we talked about the penny stove and a few other things. So I tested them to see what was going to be our best methods. And I took the penny stove, which I'm ashamed to admit was not as efficient as yours. Didn't look as nice. Uh, we're going to need a lesson in making penny stoves, apparently. Um, <laughs> hey, it worked. Uh, and I think I got a boil time of four minutes out of it for two cups of water. That's not bad. No, I think you could be... I think we can improve on that. I bet you we can get it down to less than three. Well, I, my problem is the jets on it. Because, you know, instead of having that nice little blue flame like you had, my jets were like six inches tall, so the holes were a little too big, I think. What did you use for holes? Uh, I used the smallest drill bit I had. It's like an eighth inch. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to go look. I think it's like... Uh, it's not that big, though. It's not you that know, big. I, you know, it's the push pins. Like this kind of push pin, or like a attack kind of push pin. Attack kind of push pin. Okay, it would it would have been about that size, the drill bit. That's what I I just pushed those in. <clears throat> but anyway, my, like when you see the video, because it's up now, I think I'll send you the link when I'm done. Um, you can skip to it, and you'll look at it, and you'll just start shaking your head and go, "Oh my God, Robert, why?" And you're gonna be <laughs> sad at me, and you're gonna lose faith in me a little bit. But it worked. Bottom line is, it worked. And this video is 100% on cut. Uh, it's literally me. You see me standing around waiting for this stuff to boil. And it's 56 minutes long because I did the alcohol stove, as I said. 
Uh, you I try like little dances or anything. To, no, anything? I stared out the window and you hear me talk to squirrels and stuff like that. It's actually kind of funny to hear. Like it's going to be a very long time, so if you're really bored and you're still in <laughs> lockdown, you can watch it. Uh, and you'll hear some funny things that I say because I talk to myself a lot. <laughs> so anyway, um, I did the. I didn't start off the alcohol stove. I started off with that gel methanol. And what the gel methanol is is a buddy of mine at work picked them up from Crappy Tire. And it was in the camping section, funny enough. So we thought it would be for cooking, but it's it's the ones that you generally see when they do catering and stuff, and they slide them under the big metal bins to keep stuff yeah. warm. So we tried that. Uh, long story short, did not work as effective as I wanted, but if you want to see the full thing, watch the video. Then we did the alcohol stove, and it was, aside from a little tricky to get going because it was a little cooler, uh, and it was hard to get it primed, once again, that could be my design maybe lacking a little bit. Uh, we'll chat. <laughs> More so, you will probably ream me out once you watch the video. <laughs> I will not ream you out. Oh, I don't know, Ben. It's pretty bad, bud. Um, <laughs> actually, no, it's not. It worked. So, you know what? That's all that really matters. And then I used the butane burner. And, of course, no surprise, butane burner worked the best. Uh, but also, the highest cost involved. You know what I mean? Uh, the penny stove came in second and it had the lowest cost involved, which was kind of surprised me because I was pulling for the methanol, honestly, because it was complete enclosed container. Like it was just perfect for what I thought this would do. And then of course the methanol trickled in. And I think the first time I did the methanol, it was like 15 or 16 minutes. I left the cover off the pot because I assumed this thing would actually heat up and it didn't. So then I did it again at the end of the video with the pot cover on. And I think it still took like eight or nine minutes. And it wasn't even a spectacular boil. Like, it was very unclimatic. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't a rolling boil. It was just like... Barely. Was good enough. <laughs> it was just barely a rolling boil. Like, you, you kind of... It would be a 50-50 split. Somebody might say, oh, yeah, that's kind of a rolling boil. And other people are like, no, that's not a rolling boil. Like, I showed a picture of it. Or uh, a little video yeah. of it. But anyway, it's completely uncut and it's right start to finish. And I have two cameras on the stop timers... And it's completely uncut. That way, if people really want to know, that's like the timer's in there. You can go by the timer that I put on the the, uh, the cell phone, I guess I use. And like I said, I'm going to shorten it down so this video is only like 10 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to cut out all this other stuff. But I did want to put it up in the full length. That way, if anybody's like, oh, maybe there's trickery involved there. Or they're using something and not getting the same results. They can watch me do it and how I did it. And results may vary, of course, with individuals and uh, climates and conditions and a whole bunch of other stuff. But that's kind of why I did the the on-cut version was so you could see exactly how I did it. And then if people want to try this and they're relying on this information, they see the conditions I did it in exactly step by step. And all the difficulties I had. And the most funny part of it was me using that alcohol stove, trying to get it lit. Because uh, when I first light it, lit it, it shot like a rocket. That was great. <laughs> it just popped. And I was like, oh, it's going to make a little pop. And there's like this whoop. <laughs> and I was like, well, that was a little more than I expected. And went back to it. And Oh, yeah. Great commentary. So if anybody's bored, watch the whole version or skip through it at least. And you'll find some funny bits in there. And then I'll do a condensed version of it that I'll actually list highlights. on our... Uh, what? Highlights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The important parts. Uh, and I'll actually list that one on our channel for watching, and I'll try and get that down to the 10 minutes, because I'm not big on the 
all that dead time. But it is there to prove a point. And because the YouTube service is free, so why not? <clears throat> I'm not paying for I that mean, bandwidth. But, I mean, you, you brought up a really good point, though. Like, the Opos, though, is by far the cheapest stove you can get. And it's, <clears throat> it does work. Yeah. And, like, I mean, as you... As you play with them, as you make them, and you, you play with your jets and, and your locations and stuff, you can get kind of dial it in a bit better. Uh, and it's it's very comparable to a, a bot system, you know, like something that was, for lack of a better word, engineered. I, I have limited uh, belief in, in engineers. I, I work with a lot of them, and I got to say, like... <laughs> But you're yeah. so intelligent, you can pretty well do anything they can do. So. <laughs> but no, if you take your time, experiment, play around, you can you can really tune that in to be a fairly effective stove. And why do you a ten cents plus a bit of? Fuel? I was gonna say I have so many cans in the sunroom out here now, like it's starting to overflow because they just opened the bottle depot last weekend, and I didn't yeah. realize that. So this weekend, old Roberto's cleaning out the sunroom, and he's going to have a lot more room. But, um, yeah, there must be enough out there to make, oh, probably 200 penny stones. <laughs> like, Because there's nothing to it. Ben showed it on the video that we did there. And it's just two bottoms of a can, and, you know, there's a little f finessing involved. And you put them together. There's a hole in the center of the top one where you prime it and fill it. And then, as Ben said, you poke holes around the outside of it to make jets. And through trial and error, you'll get some that are good, some that are bad. And once you get a good one, you own it. And the name Penny Stove is because typically you take a penny to cover that hole, so the flame just comes out the jets. Uh, and I did say during the video the only real drawback, and it might be my design again, because I have seen them where they've set them right on top of the Penny Stove and it works fine. With mine, so you need a little bit of little bit of spacing, or it seems to snuff itself out. Where did you put your holes? Uh, I don't have a can here. So if this was the can, it's not like on the top. I put it in that sunken in whip on the outside. So in the, in the, the convict side of the outside of it. Yeah. And I tried to put them in on an angle to try and get that whole swirly jet thing. That didn't happen. Like it's, uh, I've seen some people put it on the flat of the can. Oh Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how that would work. I'm actually going to try, and I apologize if this all goes to snot. Uh, I will try to pull up a picture of how this thing worked. Because, like I said, it's it's entertaining. It's entertaining. You can also look up the cat can. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, I haven't made one simple. yet. It is dead simple. Um I tried one of those, and the only problem I actually had with mine, and I don't know what I did wrong, maybe it was the particular brand I bought, but I actually had my can crush under the weight. Uh, and it didn't do it until I was cooking, so like, just the weight of the pot didn't, but I guess the whole thing heated up and it weakened the metal enough in the, under heat mm. that it literally collapsed on itself. Okay. Uh, yeah, like yeah. I said, I haven't actually taken a, an attempt at trying to do one yet. Uh, I'm going to try and see if this works. And I have my doubts. So, and I'm doing this live, of course, everybody. 
So I see your mouse moving around on my screen. Yeah, I'm trying to get the video shrunk down to a point where I can. Uh, holy moly! Can I? All right, is this gonna work? I don't know. You I don't know me. either. It doesn't seem you're to be working. <laughs> it does not seem to be working at all. Uh, it's not going to work. So anyway, the, the video is going to be there. Jump in around 27 minutes, 14 seconds. And um, yeah, I don't know why it's not working. It's not broadcasting in our window correctly. So we'll awesome. scrap that. But anyway, yes. Uh, <laughs> and it, it has the split camera. And you can kind of see the jets coming up, and it, it, it's just absolute utter ridiculousness, Ben. Like, it's... You will be so disappointed in me, my friend. So, so disappointed in me. No. Some of my first attempts were pretty ridiculous, too. Um, and that's just it. I've only made maybe three, four of these at best. And this is the only one I've actually ever tested and worked properly. The other ones I kind of made and set aside, said I'd get back to them to try them out. And it just never actually happened. So. Um, so I've looked at the titanium ones. It's like 30 something dollars to buy. And they have nice little legs, which are kind of cool. But honestly, <clears throat> I, I'm not paying 30 bucks for something I can pretty well make for 10 cents. Let's see, just checking our... Jeremy's on with us tonight, and this is the only night we haven't actually poked any fun at him. Haven't even what? mentioned him. I know, right? Uh... <laughs> out, of, out of sight, out of mind. We've forgotten about him now. Let's see. Who is this Jeremy fellow? <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of what you said, was the walls got too hot, or they were too high, and they got too hot and melted. Yeah. Uh, so Gary wants to know if you did any fishing at the camp, and Chris, of course, jumped on to join us. What's up, Chris? Honestly, I'm a bit embarrassed to say this, um, and I probably shouldn't say this because then if I ever decided to throw cash to the wind, um, the local stores were out of the fishing licenses. Um, oh, no. And, and as such, I'm trying to stay out of stores more than I have to, so I have not purchased my fishing license yet, so I have been unable to fish. Well, that's no good. So, for once, I actually have my fishing license. Oh, here we go. I figured out a way that we can laugh at my misfortunes here. Uh, and I'm not going to go with my misfortunes, but I am able to pull this up in my um, YouTube browser. Or, you know what I'm trying to get out here. Uh, so, let's take another crack at this. And I apologize to everybody listening and not watching, because they're not getting the full effect of my this greatness here. Uh, well... I'll do commentary if you want. All right, here we go. Let's get rid of this. Delete that. And we are going to transition over. So ah. so on the screen, we have Robert looking quite sharp in his uh, Atlantic Bushcraft Adventures shirt. Uh, looking trim with like a, what looks like a pretty good haircut. I'm telling and you. giant <laughs> ball of flames going on. In yeah, me. so can you see that in your window there, Ben, and how high my jets are in the top right corner? Because that's kind of my second camera that I was using for the... What uh, are you using for fuel? <laughs> uh, ibuprofenol. 90%? 99%. 99 Oh. So I have a bunch of this stuff. I got like... Uh, I 
couple gallons off it. Yeah. Oh, you're putting it inside of a... So that's the top of the wood stove that we had, and yeah. I'm using it as a pot stand. But yeah, you can kind so, of see my jet disaster there, right? I kind of, I can kind of know what your problem is. So what's up? Part of your problem is that wood stove is actually overheating your stove. You think? Yeah. Um, if if you encase the flame too much, it actually creates a lot more heat, and it vaporizes the fuel quicker, and it just pushes it out so much faster that you you you're essentially not getting a good burn and like i said maybe so i i honestly don't know so i would take a cookie sheet turn it upside down so you got an air gap and just lay it on top of the cookie sheet but see i can't set the pot directly on the stove where it puts it out that's my other problem well wait a few seconds it should heat up enough to uh to maintain itself all right uh, but if if you absolutely still have to Try to see if you can just make up a set of spacers. Um, I've done it before with uh, wire mesh because it really lets the flame and air, air travel get through. Um, but I have had that problem in the winter, especially when like, things are extremely cold and the air is cold, that once you put the cold pot on it, it kind of snuffs it out. Mm. Later on, when the pot's kind of warm, you put it on, it, it doesn't seem to affect it at all. So. Yeah, there is a balancing act with those alcohol stoves of getting the temperature just right. Yeah, Jeremy seems to agree with you that it's boiling the gas. And like I said, I am not an expert on penny stoves. Ben, ben is the resident expert between the two of us. Uh, so that's terrifying. But, <laughs> uh, but no, so I am learning and I will chronologically let everybody see my failures and successes. I don't mind, but maybe sometime in the future we'll do a little show on making one of these penny stoves and not just using yeah. them. Uh, maybe not a podcast, but maybe we can do a video. Yeah, well, it'd be great if someday we can uh, we can get together and physically speak again and less than six feet between us. I guess we could now, as long as we maintain six feet the distance. And... Well, I have hazmat suits. I'm not above taking an SCBA in a hazmat suit. <clears throat> Only one of us has to wear it. I, I do have a half mask system. That yeah, probably worked too. Uh, so Jeremy said use three temp pegs to support the pot. I've tried that. Uh, it didn't. It worked they didn't okay. Stick in your table very well, did they? <clears throat> they didn't what? They didn't stick in your table very well, did they? No, but I mean, I tried them on the ground. I mean. <laughs> Uh, but something I have seen and I want to try is somebody took and drilled three holes a little bigger and used stainless steel rivets. Yeah. So I'm going to give that one a go and see how that works out for me. Because then I don't really need a pot stand at all and it'll allow a little bit more air gap for me. And as the temperature gets warmer, like you said, maybe things will change. Uh, I don't know. I'm still learning, as I said. Because yeah. when I did that yeah. out there, it was only maybe six to eight degrees. So it wasn't cold, cold, but it was warm enough. Even had you just laid two tent pegs across the top of it and put the stove on top of that. Put the pot on top of that, mean? Yeah. Mm. Just to make a little bit of an air gap. Well, yeah. The thing is that, that cold, the cold bottom of that pot would just say like five or six degrees, whatever the, basically the water in the pot is. When you put that 
big surface on top of that stove, that's going to immediately try to cool down that alcohol inside the stove. And if it cools it down to, to enough to stop the alcohol from more or less boiling, you won't produce, you're not producing enough uh, gas from the alcohol to, to, to maintain that, that reaction. Because, you know, like, you know, fire needs, what is it, three things, air, heat, and fuel. So if there's not enough heat, it can't turn the fuel into something that's burnable. Like liquid, liquid alcohol actually doesn't burn well. Well, no, most things don't. It's the vapors they give off that burn, right? So that's even wood. It's basically there's a vapor, there's a gas coming out of the wood that's burning. It's not the wood itself that's that's actually burning. It's the it's the gases it's releasing, and those gases are producing enough heat when they burn that they're actually singeing the wood and, and releasing more gases. It's, it's a chain reaction and it just keeps going. I was about to say, that's actually the fire tetrahedron is the fourth piece is the chemical change reaction. So you need the oxidization of your fuel to create the chemical chain reaction, which is another way of basically eliminating a fire. Remember Halon? You must have used that in your line of business. No. <laughs> Halon was an amazing extinguisher. Poisonous yeah. is old heck because it yeah. literally nullified the air. But amazing. Yeah. And that's what it did. It basically interrupted the chemical chain reaction. Yeah. Yeah, I actually had a priming pan there, Jeremy. You can't see it in the stove. Uh, but if you watch the whole video, it's in there. It's actually, the stove came with a little dish specifically for using uh, alcohol stoves. And that actually sits under it, and you're supposed to put a little alcohol in it and prime it. So I used it the way the stove's manual said it should be used. And that's kind of how I got the idea of using it for a pot stand for the rest of my experiments there, too. Did you try just putting alcohol in that pan? I did not. Should I? Sure. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that little tiny pan, like I know the one you're talking about, comes at the stove. If you filled that up and lit it off and just left it there and then put it on top, would that boil the water? I'd be willing to try it. I mean, I got, like I said, I got like two gallons of this alcohol. So I can definitely spare another ounce of it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the cat cans, one of the cat can stoves is basically that. You just pour it in the bottom, you light it, and there's, and you, yeah. So Not maybe much. we'll do another, uh, yeah. And that, you're right, Chris. That stuff did burn dirty. You could see the, um, you can see the soot on the bottom of it. And the methyl hydrate, uh, once again, as mentioned in that video, the methanol, it didn't do anything to the bottom of the pot. But, yeah, so if you get too much fuel coming out, you get an incomplete combustion. So you want you do want to control that. There's a stoichiometric equation you want to meet. And essentially, if you get too much fuel and not enough air, it's, it's an it's a overly rich mixture. It's too rich in fuel. And you get an incomplete combustion. You don't get the, the proper heat. And that's what gets, creates the, the sooty, the dirty burn. Yeah. You don't want that. But anyway, um, we're kind of diving down another topic that might be good for a video or for another podcast. So we'll leave that to bed for now. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's that was the end of my weekend adventures between getting the new truck and working on that video a little bit. I didn't record it, but I was working editing on it with the new computer setup, so that's cool too. Uh, worked really well. 
cut my times down by like a third. Usually it would take me a minute to process 30 seconds of video. Now it takes me 15 seconds to process 30 seconds of video. So I went the other way in half, which was nice. Wow. That is impressive. Well, it was quite the upgrade from the old processor to the new one and the old graphics card to the new one and the old hard drive to the new one. So, but yeah, no, I can understand that. Uh, yeah, so like that's more or less our weekends. Nothing super exciting or fun, but it's great to get out, get to do stuff. Uh, the only other thing I spend a bit of time with, and I don't know if this you could say this is bushcraft or not, is I spent a hell of a lot of time researching watches because I wanted to. Uh, but I did find a guy. The one I picked out actually is a there's a bushcrafter on YouTube that went on. He has a 30 minute video on this watch and his bush, him using it for bushcraft. So, well, that's something I kind of want to do. A short video on is like uh, you had an analog watch that you were showing me there and using that yeah. as a basic compass and things like that so i think that might be another good video hopefully we can hammer off sometime in this summer if they allow us to get back together without too many weird restrictions in there yeah there uh, are some things that uh you know it's a, it's a pretty basic piece of technology a watch um I mean, and, and, and it, it has quite the plethora. You go to the, the very most basic rendition of a watch to the, the more advanced ones, and they're not that expensive. I, I found a digital one on here for like 36 bucks. They had a barometer, altimeter, a thermometer, uh, digital compass. It wasn't all that expensive. I don't know what the, how, how good of a watch Quality it is. control might be an issue with that. But... For all those functionality, function, functionality, uh, it's kind of impressive. You know what I mean? So it's something to think about. Um, but yeah, the most basic watch can be used. Uh, there's, there's a whole process, and I'm not going to try and explain it, but basically you can line up the hand with the sun and you can figure out, that, I think 12 ends up on north. Halfway uh, between. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'd have to. Halfway between. Anyway, we're not going to dip our hands too much in that because I think that would make a great video. Uh, yeah. Because it's a method. It's not as accurate as a compass, and we're not going to pretend it is. But it gives you a direction. And maybe we'll accompany that with a few other ways to get a basic direction of where you're going. Like a shadow method, uh, the watch method, and potentially uh, the needle and leaf method without using a magnet. Like hammering the magnetism into it, which is tricky in its own. So I don't know yeah. if that one will actually work or not, but we'll we'll give it a shot. Uh, yeah, Chris, that one is it is you know you can test it by just making sure that it always does go in the same direction. Yeah. Um. So, but just a hint of what's going on there. Uh, <laughs> I was just reading the comments there. Chris was out over the weekend getting some uh, brookies. He sent a few pictures to me, and he got some nice ones there. And he's just saying uh, the largest... He did get some huge brookies during the rainstorm. Uh, largest one was four pounds and 22 inches long. Like, that's that's a nice yeah. trout. So. Yeah. Growing up, we used to... In Red Indian Lake, we pulled quite a few out that were between the 20 and the 25-inch range. Um, and those are a nice trout, nice size. But anyway, I think that's pretty much going to call it for us for tonight. Uh, we're at 47 minutes, so a little shorter than normal, but we kind of knew that going in. And this was just kind of a fun night, kind of uh, 
a verbal hodgepodge, if you will, just to kind of get some of the topics out. I mean, the last few weeks we've been really hitting the COVID-19 stuff, some of the restrictions on there, and it always seemed kind of down. So we just kind of want to have some fun tonight, or at least that was my two cents going in. Yeah, so, yeah just relax. Um, you know, summer months are coming up. Uh, the weather's getting nice now, so I expect we'll get out and we'll be playing with a few more things and get more opportunities um, with everything else going on. Um, I still, and the flies are coming, I still want to have that screen tent for my uh, Wild Haven that I really want to get tested. Mm. I have not even set it up yet. Oh, man, that must be, you must be itching. I got some new stuff here I want to play with too, so... Now that I got the hammock and stuff set out in the sunroom and I can do some testing, I'm going to try doing a better review on the hammock, or not the hammock, the um, sleeping bag, because that all got lost when my computer crashed. And uh, so there's some stuff in the works. I know I always say that, but there's actually some stuff in the works. And hopefully there'll be some good videos coming out in addition to our weekly podcasts in the near future, because the weather's better for it, and they're finally letting us get out and do some stuff. So two thumbs up. Four thumbs up. And if Lily was here, we'd have six, but I think she's in bed. So with that, I will bid everybody adieu unless you have anything else you want to say there, Ben. Nah, that's good. All right, everybody. Have fun. Stay, follow the rules as best you can. And uh, we'll be seeing you. We'll see you next week, everybody. Have a good night.